All right, everybody, welcome to B.O. Boys for Wednesday, December 6th. F it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. I'm Pat. And Clayton, we have got a special guest because this is a huge episode. There's basically nothing new coming out this Friday, December 8th. It's a dead weekend. So we're going to instead look at the entire upcoming winter slate. So December, January, February. And so, of course, we had to bring in the heavy hitter, our preview man, our double issue, Entertainment Weekly double issue man. He is Exhibitor Relations Co. himself. (laughs) Jeff Bach is here. Welcome, Jeff, to the BO Boys. It is a pleasure to be here, boys. Um, This is a big episode. I I know it's not as big as summer, and it may not be as big as spring, but what we're going to bring to this is huge. It's huge, you guys. Yes, we're going to have to bring an energy and an enthusiasm that the studios have maybe not brought to the movies they're (laughs) releasing in the winter months. It's, you know, it's a nice throwback to, I think, back in the day when January and February were true dead zones. And and, you know, we sort of got away from that because, oh, maybe superhero movies open in the in January and February and there's bigger releases. It's back to that. There is. There, well, you know what? We're going to go through it. There, there's, well, there's some potential it, in there. It was refreshing back when theaters were robust and in great shape. Yes. It yes, is now yeah. a little bit scary, especially with yeah. the way the strike has impacted what's coming out in 2024. To have this desert already is, well, is per- pretending something that is not great. Well, maybe, listen, we're going to look for the bottles of water in the desert when we talk about these movies. So... I think let's get into it by just let's look at the the present, which is December, because December has some big potential big movies and some potential big flops out there. So, Jeff, how are you feeling about December? You know, we got Aquaman. We got Wonka. We got uh, Color Purple. Those to me feel like the big three in terms of like what could pop off. Obviously. around christmas time that, but yeah migration um i think is the other one the dreamworks this is universal's film opening on the 22nd uh that's going to play into january and february as most of their animated films do as puss in boots 2 did last year uh you're right though it's wonka it is aquaman it is migration and maybe the color purple we'll see how that does although i, I don't see that obviously doing massive business it's not going to be cats Mind mm. you, but it is, it's not going to be um, Dream Girls. You know, it, it, just, okay. it just, I don't think it's going to hit as hard as people are hoping it does. Um, no slight against it or anybody that's in it. It just, it's going to still be, a, it's a tough sell. Musicals are still a tough sell. Um, even the Mean Girls mu- musical, whether it is a musical or not, I'm not even sure after seeing the first trailer. Um, but those are still, I think, very difficult to sell to the multiplex masses. I mean, it has to be something so catchy and so in tune with what's going on in pop culture. I'm not sure the color purple uh, is versus like, say, a Mean Girls, you know? Uh, that, that, I mean, I think there's something we're going to be talking about on the show in the weeks to come, but there definitely seems to be a uh, imperative from these studios to pretend that musicals aren't musicals. You know, the, the promotion <laughs> yeah. for Wonka, for color purple and for Mean Girls they are really hiding the music in these musicals. So, um, yeah, what do we think? Let's stay on Color Purple, because from what I've been hearing is this is 
as it's been screening for critics, becoming more and more of an Oscar player. And there's been some thought that this could be the type of old fashioned Oscar player that also does Bafa Bobo in the holiday. So Jeff, but you're not feeling that you don't think like if this comes out big critical mass behind it, start pushing. This is a best picture. You, you, you're not seeing that as something that could catch on Christmas week. I, I just, I have a hard time believing, I mean, Spielberg, Oprah Winfrey, they already did this film. You know, this is the, the mm-hmm. fun quote unquote musical version. And, uh, and honestly, considering the subject matter, I just have a difficult time um, seeing that that will transfer to a box office success. Even if it is a critical success, I, I don't know that audiences really want to see this film at this time. I just, to me, there's not a lot of buzz and this comes from, you know, sources that we have that do track box office. Yep. It just, it's going to be a tough sell. It may mm-hmm. be, you know, it opens on Christmas day against boys in the boat. You know, this is, this is enough. This is a film that is just going to sink to the bottom. Uh, wow. Ferrari. Yeah, this is the other, you know, Christmas day release. Um, and, and that's going to, you know, that's going to be a tough sell for neon too. That thing might crash and burn. So a uh, when we're comparing those three films, yeah, Color Purple will do very well against those other two films. But again, I think you're starting to see, though, where we are in terms of this December, where we're talking about films that honestly are going to struggle at the box office. All all of these other ones that we're talking about, you know, those, those three that we mentioned before, they'll be fine. These other films are going to have to surprise if theaters are going to do big business uh, this December. Uh, because we need those those other hits, and and I just don't see them on the schedule. Clayton, Boys in the Boat uh, that Jeff just mentioned. This is a, it was a huge book, and it is directed by George Clooney. So give us your take. Do you think George Clooney is finally going to deliver a giant hit, best director nomination? I know I know you're you're a big fan. So tell us about your thoughts on Boy Boys in the Boat. Nope. <laughs> no. Wow. Okay. No. I, I do have something there. to say to you, though. You went there. Okay. About here. Color Purple. Everything mm-hmm. you just said about Color Purple, yes. you said about another Christmas release. Okay. Which was what? West Side Story. Well, you I are think, saying the same I, thing you said about I West Side think, Story. Let me speak. Let me speak. All right. You said the same thing about West Side Story. You pray to the movie gods every time one of these things drops in Christmas that it's going to take you back in a time machine to a time where people went and saw these movies in droves. And I'm sorry that time has passed and color purple is not going to be the movie to take you back there. I'm sorry. I, I, that's very possible. I think the West side story is, is not a good example because December 2021 is a different time. I don't think West Side Story comes out in two weeks and makes $150 million and wins Best Picture. But I do think a a West Side Story that comes out December 2023 is a much different side story than the West Side Story that came out in December 2021. Come on. People were were terrified to go back. They were just three Spider-Men was the only thing they wanted to go back and see. That that's a bad example, Clay. That's in bad I love faith. your, I love bad your faith. faith. Faith in humanity around this time in December is a wonderful thing. But I, I do, 
I, I have to agree with Clayton here and, and say that, you know, it'll probably do, you know, better than West Side Story, but not much. You know, maybe wow. it doubles West Side Story's gross, but that's still not a lot of money. Wow. All right. Well, th- that could be the case. So do we think then, just looking at the end of the year, are there any sort of big traditional studio program or award type movies that could break out? I mean, I'm, I'm throwing out here, Michael Mann's Ferrari with Adam driver, you know, is that something that could come out Christmas, get good reviews, probably not going to be in the Oscar best picture category, you know, chatter, but get a little bit of chatter, a little whispers, but more importantly, families, dads are going to want to go see that. Christmas day after Christmas. Is that a possibility? You know what that's missing? You know what that movie's missing? It's missing a couple letters. Okay. It's missing F O R D V. Wow. That's what's missing. That's what people wanted. They wanted Ford V Ferrari. They don't want just Ferrari. It's like Godzilla versus Kong. Mm. They don't just want Godzilla unless it's done right. Right. Minus one. You would, would you guys agree that they don't want Godzilla? Would you guys say that Ferrari is the Godzilla of if if Kong is Ford, Ferrari's Godzilla? He's the I think Ferrari's Ford like Ferrari's like Mothra, like barely on the radar. Wow! And it's also distributed by Neon, and, and no disrespect to Neon, again they handle art films and they handle them very well. This is a big budget Michael Mann release, and, and they are not prepared for it. They just aren't. They are mm. not prepared. They're, this is not how their ship sails. You know, yeah. um, mm-hmm. it is, what, three, four weeks out? Nobody knows this film exists except for us three and a few other people. You know what I right, mean? Right, it's just, right. this is not what they do. Uh, so it's going to be so difficult to sell this movie. Uh, Adam Driver, sure, you know, big big star. But uh, again, um, it is it is Aquaman 2. It is Wonka. Wonka is going to be so much bigger than people think. It's going to yes. hold on so well over the season. It may gross more than Aquaman 2. That's how uh, big Wonka will yeah. be. Let, let's uh, get into it then. Let's talk Wonka. I mean. Uh, I, yeah, I love to. I, and, and Jeff, I mean, uh, we're just so simpatico right now. Uh, and I always, <laughs> I will also for say the, to people. For the listeners, just before you speak, Clayton, just the YouTube subscribers who are watching this right now they could see why you're simpatico you're wearing the same shirt you're both yeah, wearing these, oh wait shirt. i'm sorry it's different shirts oh, okay yeah different shirts the clothes well, the same color clothes, obviously yeah. same color same color yeah. i'm wearing a shirt okay. that jeff gave me yes that's true that is true but again i can't be bought i'm not sitting no. here you know being simpatico with jeff for any reason other than he's a brilliant thinker yeah, yeah. And we're thinking along the same lines. Yeah. The exactly. thing with Wonka is don't be afraid if this movie doesn't have a huge opening. Mm, I think yeah. that's the fear that I think is everybody's going to freak out if this isn't a huge, huge opening. I think this movie is going to do really well over the holidays. And listen, it could have a big opening. Who knows? But this is a movie that can grow. This is a movie that people are going to be turned on to by word of mouth. It's really fun. It's not just for kids. It's the guy who did Paddington. It's it's the coming out party for Timothy Chalamet as a huge mm-hmm. uh, star, right? I mean, these are things that are going to overshadow any of the other movies coming out this holiday season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And Chalamet, if he wants, will get a trilogy out of this thing. He'll go up in the glass elevator. Finally, we'll get past the chocolate factory. Although, mm-hmm. you know, this is a prequel to all of that. Chalamet, if I may call him just the Chal, the Chal mm-hmm. is like he, you, you know, may. he has such charisma. And we've all seen that throughout all his performances, mostly on the indie scene, right? Um, but he has shown flashes of brilliance, like on Saturday Night Live and in those, is it Apple commercials that he does? Some of those Apple commercials or those commercials he do, he does are better than most films, just outright mm-hmm. because of his, his performances and his, his just, he just, he gets, he connects with audiences in very small moments. And this is, Clayton's right, this is his moment to actually connect with the multiplex masses Wonka will burst him into the stratosphere of probably the biggest actor. Obviously, Dune started that. This will finish it. He will be the biggest actor after Wonka's done. It'll play through January, February, March. Again, there's not a lot out there. Wonka is like Harry Potter for the Chocolate Factory. You know, it is going to be massive. Warner Brothers, uh, at first I kind of scoffed at it, but now that I see it, now that I saw the trailer and people's reaction to it, it's the right film at the right place at the right time. Yeah, listen, I'm Saponico with you guys on this. I also think this is going to be big. Here's a factor that I think is going to be a big part of it when we analyze it afterwards. I think Hugh Grant as the Oompa Loompa mm-hmm. is going to be a huge deal. I'm starting to see that image everywhere. Hugh Grant, one of his most lauded performances in the back half of his career was in this director is Paddington too. I, I think he's going to be incredible in this. And that is the prime number two role in the Wonkaverse is the Oompa Loompa. And I, yeah, I think sure. that is going to be the thing that people talk about. He's a star that everyone loves. We all remember where we were uh, on the, at the big Jay Leno moment. You know, that, that I think, I think we're going to see a lot of, of that replayed in the promotion uh, for Wonka is people revisiting how Hugh Grant turned around the late night wars in the nineties. Hugh Grant is the Oompa Loompa. That's going to be a huge, huge thing. And I agree this, this is going to be, this is going to be a big, big deal. It feels like Warner brothers has made their choice of what the big movie is in December. And Wonka is the one they're getting behind. And Aquaman two is the contractual obligation. And, you know, let's chat a little bit about that. I mean, is Aquaman 2 sunk? You know, is this feel like Warner Brothers is just bearing down? All they're going to talk about is Wonka for the next month, and they'll pretend that Aquaman 2 doesn't even exist. Is is there any chance for that movie? Do you want to, yeah, do you want to talk about this, Jeff? I'll say this, um, uh, and I'm sure we're all pretty simpatico on this, actually. Uh, You know, it's so difficult for any DC hero to exist outside the DCU, uh, you know, outside of Batman. And and for a a small moment, Wonder Woman seemed like she could exist Mm -hmm. outside of the DCU. That first film was did so well. And I think people really responded to that character. And then it got lost in the weirdness of 1984. And, and just because of when that was distributed. And it was, it was just, it's a weird movie. It really is. Oh, it's like Superman three, you know, back with, with Christopher Reeve. It's, it, or maybe even Superman four. It's got that kind of weirdness to it that doesn't really fit with the first Wonder Woman. Aquaman, 
obviously burst out onto the scene, did a billion dollars worldwide, and and people couldn't believe it. It's not a, it's it's. I don't know if you guys have already watched it. It's it's not like it's a great film, but it is a spectacle, you know. Yes. And it, it was the right spectacle at the right time. And we're we're we really are outside of Wonka. We're without a spectacle film. We don't have an Avatar. We don't have a Star Wars film. Aquaman is it. If you want to go see a big budget blockbuster, it's Aquaman 2. That is your only choice. Yeah. So again, when we talk about right film at the right time. Is that the tagline? That that's your only it, choice. Could they go yeah, with that? It, basically, that's what it is. Aquaman 2, your only choice. And and uh, so it's going to do okay. It Will it do a billion? Doubtful. But it will do, I think, respectable business, you know, not like The Flash, not like Blue Beetle. Um, and it and it does sort of exist outside of that DCU canon uh, because because of the actors involved and because it's underwater, guys. It it has nothing to do with everything that's going on up there. You know, it can right. be its own thing. And I think people again, it doesn't have to have same same thing that Clayton said before. Wonka may not have a huge opening. Aquaman two may not have a huge opening. But these films are going to exist into January and February. And when we get to talking about how awful those slates are from the studios in January, February, you'll see why Warner Brothers is going to have a clean sweep of December, you know, with Wonka, Aquaman 2, and, and possibly The Color Purple. If we talk about those three films, this is Warner Brothers or bust, you guys, for theaters, yeah. right? It is all about Warner Brothers, the WB. And it's interesting that it could have been four huge movies if Dune had opened in June. Yeah. Um, yeah, here's here's the thing with Aquaman. And mm -hmm. I mean, Aquaman one came out 2018. I mean, that 2018, 2019 run of superhero movies, you could put out any old crap and people would see it. That was the height of it. That was the apex. I mean, that was original Captain Marvel year where it was 2018, correct? Or 2019. Which one was she was 18, correct? Captain Marvel was 2019. It came out right 19. before Endgame. Yeah. Okay, so that that little stretch there, you could do no wrong. Yeah, I do agree that this movie is going to have some sort of legs just because of the lack of other product. But I do think this will be flash level. I, I do think this Ooh, is going wow. to open very low. And I think it is. I just think we have reached the point where it doesn't matter that this is a spectacle. People just don't want it. There's when you watch this trailer, there is absolutely no plus one to this that makes you go, well, this I definitely have to see because, listen, Momoa could great guy, maybe could be a monster. Who knows? But mm -hmm. he's not a butts in the seats guy. He had a, he had a pretty lackluster SNL. Uh, didn't get people excited for this movie. I, I do see this as being just another failure in a string of superhero failures is there a chance and i know jeff you're you're saying and i i, I tend to agree that just by virtue of the release date and the lack of stuff coming out afterwards people will just by default have to see this over christmas and and into january but i mean is there any chance that the worm has turned so much on the non you know non-batman non-spider-man comic book characters that this one is is it is it uh uh the marvel's level disaster you know we're we're this doesn't yeah. even get to 100 million domestic is there a nightmare scenario for aquaman 2 at that level i, I can't see that honestly yeah. i just can't when you talk about what remember what everybody was saying about avatar 2 last year 
it's going to do nothing. There's nobody's buying the action figures. Nobody cares about Avatar. And then it went on to become one of the, the top movies ever of all time. Right. I'm not saying that's where we're headed with Aquaman, but people want to go back underwater. You know, it right. may not be Avatar, but it's something underwater and it's a spectacle. And guess what, guys? The holiday corridor, especially Christmas corridor, is is it's more about being with your family and friends and mm. being at the theaters and doing that. And we've been doing that for decades, right? All of these, we're, we're movie maniacs, but even just the, the norms out there, the regular people, they want to go see a big blockbuster movie that everybody in the family can say, that wasn't bad. That was pretty good. And that's, right. I think, what Aquaman 2 is going to be. Unfortunately, there's no other choice. You, you've already seen Wonka at this point. And now it's Christmas. It's between your between that quarter of Christmas and New Year's, and you got to go see another movie with the fam, and it's going to be Aquaman too. So, you know, James Wan, the director, he doesn't make bad films. He makes visually entertaining films. Are they good? Are they bad? That's subjective, but they are in the same way that Michael Bay makes a film. They're visually a feast for the eyes. You know, your eyeballs are going to pop out. You know, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. that octopus is back drumming those drums, right? I mean, who doesn't want to right. see that again, right? We Haven't we all been waiting for this octopus's return? I mean, James Wan coming back is the thing that makes you feel like quality-wise, this might give the audience what they liked about the first one. And let's forget whether we personally like the first one or not. It, it's, it's a sign to that fandom, hey, if you like the first one, you could feel safe that we didn't just bring in some no name, some schmo to come in here and do the second one. You know, it's in safe hands. So, Pat, would you say this might be a Guardians 3 situation where it is immune to that sort of uh, lack of excitement for superhero movies because there's a true visionary director behind the lens and and, and i i mean obviously not at the level of guardians and i agree this is not going to make anywhere near where the first one made it will be interesting because if aquaman 2 is a hit you know quote unquote hit makes over 200 domestic and you know 500 million plus worldwide or you know whatever we would consider if it does so much better than the last year of all these superhero movies yeah. It puts Warner Brothers and DC in that interesting position of why are they recasting and getting rid of Jason Momoa's Aquaman if it turns out that the audience just likes this guy? So we'll, we'll see. I think that's going to be one of the interesting stories of this movie is if this surprises and overperforms, why bother recasting Aquaman? You know, that's a yep. longer term issue, but... If this is a hit, it's going to be because people like this character played by this actor. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. the only and, reason. And maybe it is. Maybe he is the Vin Diesel, you know, yep. in, in the Fast and Furious universe. Like people just like this big tough guy as Aquaman. Guys, I just checked, but I want to I want you guys to guess what the running time is for Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. What, I, what do you think it is? I think they're keeping these short and I think it's a. I'm going under two hours. I'm going to say it's an hour okay. 55. That's my okay. guess is they trimmed heavily, but I feel okay. like maybe I'm wrong. Clayton. Clayton. Two hours and 23 minutes. Um, Pat, it is an hour and 55 minutes right on the wow. goddamn dot. Wow. wow. I mean, that, they're going for, they're, they're going for giving the people with at least they think they want, you yes. know, they're really trying to, to say, Hey, this isn't one of those, 
bloated yes. three hour epics because people don't want these movies enough to sit through them for as long as they used no. to sit through infinity war and Endgame. and that that under two hour playing yep. time again i didn't That's know huge. that it works in its favor is huge you know it, it's going to be on all the imax screens the P, plf screens uh I, I just hollywood have to would have to completely fail for this film to do like flash business i mean and yep. theaters may shut down if if aquaman 2 honestly doesn't do five it doesn't do better than black adam which it should i mean black adam did what like 400 something worldwide yeah like, yeah that it was the one, last big 160 hit. something domestic yeah, right domestic it's it's got to do that and again yeah. it doesn't need to open over the first one opened at 60 right it, it yeah. opened very low but just kept going and and honestly this thing has to keep going because otherwise January and February, you might as well just put for sale signs out on theaters because it's that bleak going well, into the new year. Well, we'll get I don't into know. January. I think it's, I think it's done. I, I think, wow. I think it's done. I, I do think, I, I just feel like nobody's interested. I just, I mean, avatar is avatar and this is just not even close. And I know, well, I, I knew you weren't trying to say that this is anywhere close to avatar, but it's like, I just don't think the spectacle aspect of it really matters. I think maybe the family aspect does, you know, everybody going to see this, but I just think it's done. I think it, we're done with superheroes. Let, let's be, let's get a let's get an over under just quickly, Clayton. Over under Black Adam's domestic total. Under. 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 Ooh, wow. Dang. Okay. Okay. Dang. Both. That is bleak, man. But hey, it's that's that's the brutal honesty you want from the BO boys. You yes. know what I mean? That is brutal truth. Um, you know what's great is I hope I'm wrong. This yeah, is the only yeah. show where we make predictions and hope we are wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope I'm wrong. I hope <laughs> this thing is a smash because it doesn't matter what I think of these movies uh, and quality-wise because I'm not a critic. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> Theaters need something for people to yeah. go see. So I hope I'm wrong, but I think I'm right. I'm going to My- go. I- I'm going to go. It bumps up. To 200 i'm gonna go 205 so it gets okay. over 200 which you know again for dc and where they're at it's pretty damn good i don't know what the budget on this thing is but i gotta imagine it's massive because i've seen those special effects i've seen right. how many people worked on this film uh but but for what dc is now and this is this is like this is the bookend of the dcu right um that's not bad if it, if it can hit 200 domestic yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, they've reshot this a million times reportedly. There's been every Batman possible has at some point made a cameo in a version of this <laughs> Aquaman. So the, the, this, what they've spent on bat nipples alone. Oh God. Cod pieces are not cheap. Yeah. yeah. Migration. That is a, well, illumination Pat, you give your, film. what's your, what's your, yeah, what's there? your number for, Oh, I think it does uh, over black Adam for sure. I, I think. Maybe it gets to 200, but I, I think safely 170 to 200 uh, domestic. I'll say 195 domestic. Okay, that's good. That's a good call. Um, migration, Illumination film coming out on December 22nd. How big could this be? You know, Sing 2 was uh, two years ago, right? That was December of 21, was it? Or was that last year? Because last year was, of course, Puss in Boots was the big December yeah. Uh, and, cartoon. That, and guys, remember how poorly Puss in Boots opened? And people oh. are like, oh, this film is a bomb. Like, yep. people cannot stop talking about what a bomb Puss, Puss in Boots 2 is. I mean, technically, it opened with 12 million over that four day. It was 19 and 26 million uh, for that five day stretch. But people were just saying, this is done toast. 
this puss is cooked and it just kept steamrolling. And migration is yep. going to do the same thing. We're not going to see a huge opening, but man, it is going to be the only animated film for a long ass time until mm. uh, Pixar re-releases Soul in January. Well, yeah, which we can talk about. But um, you so, know, yeah. So Sing Two ahead, was twenty twenty one. So twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. And you know who said Puss in Boots was going to be a hit, even though it opened low? These guys. The B.O. boys. Yeah, we, we called the greatest showman situation and we followed that story. Yeah. One of the biggest stories of the box office year last year. So migration, what is the hook here? It seems like the hook is here's a bunch of birds. They're going to fly around. This movie is written by Mike White. So the, the White Lotus creator also, of course, Chuck and Buck. So I don't know if that's on the poster here. Illumination <laughs> from the from the writer hope, director of Chuck and hope, Buck. I would hope Chuck and Buck are not on that poster but um, I, I do hope that there's two characters that are like on the porch <laughs> drinking coffee and yeah. their mugs say chuck and buck and they yeah. watch the birds fly by oh I would hope so too that would be nice that would yeah. be nice clayton yeah yeah um but but this film i mean come on animated film over and it's the only one you guys mm. it's the only one that's how bad it's gotten in hollywood that's how much these strikes and delays and the pandemic have really hurt Hollywood, and we're feel, still feeling the brunt of that, so this post-pandemic world. Um, and honestly, the box office, it can't, it can't even return to normal levels if it does, if it ever does, it's 2025, just because of the content. We just don't have that significant content from week to week, from month to month, from season to season yet. And you're still gonna see that lacking in 2024. Um, you know, sorry to burst anybody's bubble who thought 2024 is the year we fully come back. It is really 20, as long as there are no more pandemics, no world wars and, um, um, no more strikes. You know, um, but 2025 is when we come back. So this is, this is about as bad as it gets. I mean, in terms of content and we talked about this summer, you know, having a lot more content than the previous summer, but still lacking over 2019, where you know where where things were rolling, like you said, Pat, the superheroes were flying off the shelves. Eighteen and nineteen, that was just a banner year, and and twenty twenty five is 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 where Hollywood takes its swing again and tries to get back up there. I think. So in the meantime, basically, migration is hey, there's no <laughs> other cartoons. This one has birds from the <laughs> guy who brought you Chuck and Buck. <laughs> and what else are you going to do? I mean. Yeah, I think the the ceiling on this to me feels lower than some of the last few years of December animated releases. You know, Sing Two, Puss in Boots, to uh, Puss in Boots, those were musicals. Kids love the sing along aspects of something like Sing Two. They love hearing, you know, the '80s and '90s, early 2000s pop songs become kitty fodder. I, this migration, I agree. People are going to go see it because they have to, but I do think this is not going to be as big as the last few years of December movies. And it's going to be to me, one of the smaller illumination movies of, uh, of the year. Not as bad as Ruby Gilman, right? In terms. No, no, nothing's Ruby Gilman. No, no. <laughs> um, I so mean, what did storks make? Uh, this feels like storks to oh, me. I forgot about storks. Yeah. Um, I don't have those numbers in front of me, but, um, 
Really, you don't have the Storks be Yeah, you just popped it back up. If I I had to guess what Storks did, I'm just, I I was like 65 million. I don't know. I I have no idea. So before before we leave December, I just want to throw out two other quick movies here. Any hopes for the Sydney Sweeney, Glenn Powell rom-com, Anyone But You? That opens on December 22nd. So it's basically the pitch is, do you want to have a date movie a few days before Christmas? Why is this coming out for Christmas? You know, I get that you've got male type of, you know, you could do a holiday rom-com, but this is a beach, you know, look at the butts, look at the abs type of movie, but you're going to see it while you're basically arriving at Granny's house. I, I, I don't get this release date. And also, of course, everyone's making fun of this trailer. But is there any hope for this movie? Um, no. Yeah. Uh, Clayton, nope. Clayton says no. I say no. If you want to have sex with Sidney Sweeney or Glenn Powell, y- yes, go sit in that front row, get that first seat right there, and mm-hmm. do your thing. You know, with with that your choice of an actor. But yes, do your thing for that, sure. Well, yeah, but outside of that, I just rom coms. My God, it's the hardest sell in Hollywood. You can make a Western easier than you can make a rom-com these days. And mm-hmm. Kevin Costner is doing his two-part Western, in fact, next summer, right? Right, So right. I don't see any romantic comedies on the schedule for next summer. This right. is like, you guys, this is as bad as it gets. When we talk about the end of a genre, my God, you guys, it needs to be a hit, yes. But will it be? No, 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 no. It, I mean, it, you're right, that looked- trailer is is yeah. sad and 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 all all they're saying in there is look at the chemistry between these two these two hot young stud muffins go see them being hot well guess what people go you know what there's reality tv show for that that's way hotter and that's what people watch like mm. f boy island yes. and you know all of these all of these stupid reality shows that are they're on every single streamer if you want that kind of action it's already out there it yep. is not yeah. There's Instagram accounts. Yeah. There's there's mm-hmm. OnlyFans accounts. Yeah. Like, yes, I mean, Jeff's saying, go go ahead if you want to sit in the front row, pull a Fred Willard if you want. Yeah. But I don't think that this is going to do anything. It looks bad. It looks bad. The That's the biggest way thing. rom-coms succeed in theaters is with legacy stars. And I'm sorry, I love Glenn Powell and I love Sydney Sweeney, but they are not. Clooney and Julia Roberts, and they are not uh, Sandra Bullock and Brad Pitt and no. Channing Tatum, who has slipped oh, yeah. into that now. Yeah. That those they can do a hit rom com. These guys can't, no. and it's and it and you're right. It's getting dunked on. It's getting goofed on. It looks no better than a Netflix movie. Half the people are going to be running to Netflix waiting for this movie to drop yeah. because it looks at that quality. So I think this thing is going to be DOA in a very embarrassing way. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that there's listen, I, I think the the biggest factor here is this movie looks so bad. And that is the only chatter that you hear about this movie is people making fun of the trailer. There's, of course, a version of putting Glenn Powell and Sidney Sweeney in a rom-com where I think the move here was probably also find a big romance, you know, modern rom-com romance novel that you could adapt, something that has yeah. some IP behind it, a title that this audience would be familiar with. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the most generic title. 
people don't really get what the premise is here. It's like, why are these two hot people not just bone in? Like, there's no. <laughs> yeah. So, it, it, are we all saying is this a movie that opens probably in single digits in its opening absolutely. weekend? Yeah, wow. absolutely. Yeah. Three point six million. You know, wow. That's, that's what it looks like. Honest, that's better than the sun is almost is also a star. Remember that one? That one yeah, of those. Oh yeah. Like that. That's where they try. They try to get young people interested in rom coms. Well, young people. Guess what, guys? This is old Hollywood talking, trying to hook up Sydney Sweeney and Glenn Powell. And young Hollywood does not want your matchmaking skills. You know what I mean? It's just they don't want that. They they want to see it. They'll see it on TikTok. Wow. And, and they'll see it on YouTube, but they do not want to see it in theaters. And uh, unfortunately for Sony, you're right, Pat. That's what they said. They said, hey, these two stars are hot. Let's get them a vehicle. Again, that is old Hollywood thinking. That's just not how you make a hit these days, especially not in the rom-com world. Wow. Um, you know, if we want to talk about like, well, what are the other surprise? Like there are other surprises, I think in December, like American fiction. This is MGM mm. film. Jeffrey Wright stars. Um, um, this is a film that could break out in a minor degree The the iron claw from a 24, you know, uh, poor things. Um, uh, from Searchlight, those three films, if, we, if we're talking about indie success and having a little bit of momentum at the box office, those three films, I think, are strong candidates uh, to actually do some business, uh, moderate, moderate business, because right. they are small films. All right. I, I want to zone in. I think Clayton is also going to want to, on one of those you mentioned, The Iron Claw. So this is a wrestling movie. This is about a famous pro wrestling uh, family, the Von Erics. You've got uh, uh, Zach Efron is starring in this. You've got Jeremy Allen White from The Bear in this. The advance, you know, the buzz I'm hearing of people who've seen this, it seems like this is going to get really knockout reviews. And I think this is a movie that could appeal to a really wide audience because whatever you think of it, everyone's interacted with pro wrestling at some point in their life. They've watched it. It's, it's got a lot of fans. It's as a business actually pretty hot right now in a way that it hadn't been in a while. And I think this could be, you know, it, it's, it's, it's got a, uh, a lot of tragedy in the premise here, but I think this could be like a guy's movie, a dad movie, a date movie, a little bit of a family movie, even as dark as it is, you know, maybe not families with kids, but families with adult kids coming home. I, I think there is some potential here with the A24 marketing machine to have this be like, I don't know, like a lighthouse type hit, you know, to get to maybe this ends up at $15 million when all said and done. Like, well, did, what do we did, think? Wait, did you say 50? 15, 15, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like it ends yeah. up getting to 15, 20 million dollars yeah. when it's all said and done. Like, what, what do we, I, to me, that's the biggest breakout of those sort of art films that you mentioned. Yeah. Um, I mean, I agree. Yeah. Clayton, take, take it away though. What do you think? What do you think? What is the, what is the ceiling for Iron Claw? Yeah. I mean, I think, listen, this is a movie that I could see, you know, you're 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 there with your dad on you know for the holidays sitting in the barca lounger watching sports that trailer comes on and the old man never talks really never says anything <laughs> never talks mm -hmm. about the war don't even yeah. ask him no he'll and never he tell you which one <laughs> no which one were you in dad uh, I, it's not none of your business i yeah. don't talk about that kind of. 
turns to turns to you and says, I'd see that. That's an I'd see that. Yes. And I think that speaks volumes. That's a movie where the, the dad who never speaks turns and says, I'd see that. Mm-hmm. That is what this feels like to me. And I agree. I think if this thing is marketed enough, if they keep it in theaters, which they will because it's A24, this could make it to 20. I really do because I, I do think that there's so much appeal and I think there's hunk appeal for the yes. ladies. Yes, people are really rooting for um, for Zac Efron to finally break out as like a as a dramatic actor. Like everybody is rooting for this kid. Uh, He's no he's no longer a kid. He's nearly (laughs) as old as we are. It seems like a kid. You're right. And you got the bear. The bear is huge. And we don't talk about TV, huh? But he the the, um, Jeremy is a hot, hot property right now. And people are going to want to see him on a big screen. I think that's a key. I think that's a key factor, Clayton, because, like you said, uh, this is his breakout. This is his first big movie role, and uh, obviously, the bear is incredible. He does incredible work on there, uh, and now him acting with Zac Efron and them getting sweaty and muscly and going around a ring. That there's a lot of appeal there for guys and girls. So I think those elements, yeah, make this. A24 a, a possibility, like to be a surprise hit. The only thing that turns me off about this is is obviously if you know the subject matter if you've researched what happens to this family i'm not gonna get if you want to go to wikipedia go check it out it is a sad sad maybe the saddest tale i've ever heard and and Mm -hmm. around christmas that's a tough sell that is a tough tough buy-in even from that dad if the if you said dad check that wikipedia first before we go to this and then dad's like ooh. Why don't we just stay around and watch the Lakers play tonight instead? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that may be what 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 stops this film. It can get all the critical acclaim. Zach Efron could get that Academy Award nomination, but because of the subject matter, it, it may not reach outside of the art house world. Yeah. Well, let's move into next year, guys. Let's we gotta rip the band-aid off and talk about <laughs> this yeah. sad look in January. Oh shit. So is there all right? I'm gonna throw out what I do think is going to be. We mentioned earlier in terms of musicals that pretend they're not musicals. I think by default, the biggest movie of January and probably February, and some I think will genuinely be a hit. I think this Mean Girls musical remake is actually gonna be pretty big. Obviously, if the movie is terrible, I think that does affect a movie like this, but I mean, this is IP. This is a generational to me comedy that that people of a certain age really feel ownership about. And I think there's going to be a lot of excitement around this. And, you know, Tina Fey and Tim Meadows are, are yeah. back in it to give it a little bit of that sort of legacy familiarity. But I think this is going to be really big. I think you're right, Pat. I think that Mean Girls, uh, whatever it's called, is it just called Mean Girls? I think it's it is, just called Mean Girls, right? It is just called, just, called Mean Girls. They it's are just not Mean Girls it. again. Yeah. My daughter is 16 years old. She grew up on Mean Girls. All her friends grew up on Mean Girls. And now girls are basically, you know, new girls, their ages are taking over for the old girls. Yes, this is going to be, you know, as big as as Megan. You know, it's going to have, yeah. it's going to stick and, and those that, whether it's a remake and, and even if it isn't artistically reaching very high compared to the original, because the original was just so good, mm-hmm. you you did. You brought back the original players. Tina Fey is back here. All these right. 
minor characters are doing cameos in this thing. So uh, yeah, this is this is going to have pro probably the biggest run of January and February. Now that's not saying a lot, right? Uh, but but it is. It's and in the trailer, there's no music, so it was supposed to be a musical. I don't know if they cut out the music scenes or not. Uh, and honestly, I don't think it matters. Uh, what matters is it's called Mean Girls, and and if if you're a fan of the first one, you're gonna go see this. This isn't Footloose, you know, a remake. Yeah. This is this is Mean Girls. You know, this is this is bigger, a lot bigger than that. Well, they used a they used a Olivia Rodrigo uh, needle drop for this trailer, which of course the biggest, maybe the biggest pop star going right now. So yeah, I mean, again, I, I I agree. I think this this is a generational film. This is a a film that people are going to rush out and go see, and see multiple times. And it's mobilizing young women, which has yeah. been yeah. the strength of uh, of the box office this past year was mobilizing young women. It's another hit that's going to be mobilized by young women and women of all ages, but but mostly young women. Yeah. And, and in terms of the musical stuff, like with Wonka, with Mean Girls, I don't think that the, it matters that they don't promote as a musical because it probably isn't a musical in the way we think of a Broadway musical where most of the dialogue is sung. It's a regular movie that will probably have a few big musical numbers. And the biggest movie of last year was Barbie and basically did that same formula. Yeah, same you know, Barbie had two huge musical numbers, right? Three, actually, if you count the, uh, the, the cover that they did, but that is all mean girls needs to sort of keep the, the meme momentum going is if one or two of those numbers are just something fantastic that people talk about, that's going to goose the box office because that's what gives you something more than yeah. the original movie. Is you know if well, you have a I'm just Ken level oh everyone's you got to see this Mean Girls number I think that'll be a big big box office draw. Now Pat, uh, you're a big fan of the Great White Way. Um, okay. This is a Broadway musical. Yeah. This yeah, is yeah. based on the Broadway musical, so I do believe that it is an adaptation of the broadway musical it, it, so it, it is will be but, like a broadway musical i mean yeah. i i don't know if we know that for sure because it's not just a filmed version of the musical production they did i if you watch the trailer i'm gonna guess and none of us have seen this i'm gonna guess it's somewhere in between a just the original mean girls and whatever the broadway version was i yeah. i would guess that there was a lot less singing in this movie and a lot less sung dialogue. I do think this movie is going to have a lot more traditional just movie scenes. And they probably worked in a few of the big numbers from the Broadway show into it. It'll That's my guess. Dear, it'll be a Dear Evan Hansen. Bam. And we all love Dear Evan Hansen. All, I mean, we except all for... Except I, we loved it. We all cried. I mean, raise your hand if you cried at dear right here. Come on. I, I said next yes. to Clayton. Clayton was crying. Okay. I couldn't okay. cry because I, we can't okay. have both of us crying at the same okay, time. Okay, yeah. We've got to someone had time. to pass the tissues. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, we made a pact. We made a pact. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. One of us always has to pass the tissues. That's okay. That's no, that's that's nice of you guys. Um, uh, but this is this is yeah. This is the number one film of January and February, and and it yeah. may not do a hundred million, but I think it gets close. To, I think it. I think that's the range that this this could possibly get to. And maybe, well, God, could you imagine if it does 150, if it really breaks out? That would be incredible. 
I, I mean, I'll, I was going to throw out this is the over under Mean Girls in 20, it came out spring of 2004. Now, obviously, that something it had going for it was Lindsay Lohan was a legit star when that movie came out. This is post Freaky Friday, yeah. you know, pre scandals. She had hosted SNL and everyone loved her. Like, Lindsay Lohan was a star when that Mean Girls movie came out. But that movie. Ended up at 86 million domestic, made another 44 million national, made 130 worldwide. I mean, that was a hit. It opened to 24 million. Let's do some over-unders on does this new movie open bigger than the 24 million of the original? And does it leg out to more than the 86 million domestic that the original made? Mm. I think it does. I mean, obviously we're not, we're not factoring in inflation, but um, I think, I think that number is still, that opening number is still like right on, but, but you do have to feel, you have to think of this almost the, like you said, it is, it's, this is VIP IP for, especially for women. So Mm -hmm. I think it does. I think it gets closer to 30 million in its debut. I I think so too. And then gets over a hundred domestic and, and whatever it does internationally gravy. I mean, this Paramount thing was supposed to go to Paramount plus, you know, this is like a smile situation here. And they, they boosted this thing because of the weak marketplace and they put it on the, uh, this is the J uh, the Martin Luther King junior weekend, if I'm correct. Um, And so that's a four, you know, that's a four day weekend. That's, that's, that's a great time to release a film like this. Um, And it's opening against the book of Clarence. Oh, and the boy. beekeeper, you guys, uh, you know, another Jason Statham film. So this is, this will have all the PLFs. This is the big ticket item. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be bigger than the original. I mean, yeah. in terms now, of non- I don't want to, I don't want to gender dies, but this could be a perfect sort of mm. let's all go with a huge group mm-hmm. and let's mm-hmm. split off boys in the beekeeper girls yeah. and the mean girls. Could, and then we'll this meet be, up afterwards. Could this be B girls weekend? <laughs> I think it's B girls weekend. <laughs> and I do, do think you have to weekend? get, you have to get <laughs> the young lady who yep. is now our age. Yes. From the blind melon video. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And she's got to promote oh. this weekend. Yeah. Oh, God. Clayton, yeah. This Clayton. is B girl weekend. B girl is back and she's dancing in front yeah. of the marquee that yeah. has both these movies. Yes. Yes. That's a promo. <laughs> Did you guys- did you guys see the was it a Walmart ad that featured all these people from Minerals? Was that what it was? You guys see this? I think it was Walmart. I believe it was. It was like Lindsay Lowe. It was everybody except for oh, Rich McAdams. Um, Rich McAdams, yeah. Yeah. Which okay, is fair. Yeah. I mean, she yeah, shouldn't yeah. be. Yeah. No, it, it but but that was a honestly, that was a brilliant marketing campaign that seeks right into this opening. People are remembering how great Mean Girls was and and oh, it had that Christmas number where they did that number on the yeah. stage and boom, we're coming right after Christmas. I mean, it, it was the if you want to talk about how to market and how to funnel and how to create memes that go viral, this is how you do it. This is the buildup that you want. It's the same thing that Megan had last year. It started out with all these little memes and then people were just talking about, and Megan wasn't even an IP. It wasn't in anything, you know, this already is. And it's doing the same thing in a very, in a very non-competitive marketplace. And and when we talk about that, this is when we usually see something break up. I think, I think we all nailed it. This is the film of that winter season for sure. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think there's so many, it's a 20th anniversary, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think this is going to get a lot of what, 
uh, uh, five cream got a couple of years ago. It's going to get that real, Hey, big nostalgia, 20th anniversary, get them all together on a chat show type of thing. Yeah. I I think there is also, listen, she's not a movie star, but I think Tina Fey is someone that, uh, I think she's going to be someone that makes this really interesting and palatable and, and, and something that people in their thirties, but especially I think like forties are really going to want to see. I think people of our generation are going to look at her being in this and say, this will be funny, you know? Uh, And and I think that'll be a bit, I I think this is a, yeah, a movie that's going to really go from teens all the way to people in their forties. I think Tina Fey is someone who lets, you know, guys who just like comedy, they could say, you know, I could see the 30 rock uh, woman's movie. I, I think this is really going to hit just all quadrants here. Tina Fey is a elder millennial icon. Yep. Of course, I'm Gen X, so I'm more of a Janine Garofalo Same. sort of guy myself. Yes. Yeah, well, My, you're millennial, so Tina Fey's yeah. your girl, but that's fine. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I do think that that is going to be, it's going to be sort of a uh, all- all ages, I mean, all ages that matter. Yeah, yeah, you know, of course. Sort of, Te- right? Teens to 40s, I would say, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the thing is, I mean, this film is just, it's weird that it exists. Like, when I think about mm-hmm. how great, like, if you did this with Breakfast Club and, and tried to just say, hey, we're just going to send out, it's going to be called Breakfast Club again, and all the people that you saw are going to be uh, the same people in it, uh, and they're going to play the same roles. Like, Tina... Tina Fey's playing like the same role, right? And like yep. the principal's playing the same role, right? Yep. Like it's just, it's weird that we're talking about it 20 years later and they're playing the same role and you bring in new girls and you do it again. Like who else honestly could succeed? It's just, it seems so weird. But when I saw the trailer, I'm like, oh my God, this works, you guys. It, it works. actually yeah. works. It shouldn't work. But with Tina Fey and and just how how smart she is and in terms of like her script writing skills and 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 in terms of her cracking a story the fact that she can do it again and, and it sounds sounds like we all agree we'll do it again it's pretty amazing because that couldn't happen with with most products you know from 20 years ago so we mentioned the beekeeper i mean is this the second biggest movie of january and i gotta say <laughs> clayton and i have seen this trailer a few times oh, God. and in in terms of these type of movies just a old-fashioned you know 80s 90s action movie star, you know, B vehicle, B, you know, there we go. Um, I I think this I know what looks, you did. it looks pretty good. I don't know how much that matters dollar wise, but it, I mean, it definitely looks much better than your Liam Neeson vehicles of the last, you know, well, five plus Dave, years. It's, it's David Ayers. It's, it's David Ayers. It, yeah. <laughs> There's, that there's, makes a difference to people. Yeah, Does he it? doesn't make. I, I think to say, listen, really, sabotage well, is a great movie. And, and and you've got the weird fans who want this airs cut of Suicide Squad. Obviously, those people mean <laughs> yeah, nothing. True. But, that is true. But he is a director who's not a name director that has a little bit of a name. You know, I think it means more he directed this than. Someone that people have never heard of before. I'm saying eight million opener. Okay, B-keeper. that's B movie, B keeper, B score, B cinema score, B plus maybe. Uh, eight million dollars. <laughs> wow. So let's like so. 
Here's the thing, though. I think Pat's right, though, just by default, because there's nothing else in January. There's absolutely nothing else. Night Swim. There is Night Swim. Okay. What do you think? Well, Night Swim opens the first, you know, that January 5th, right? That first weekend, it's always like a hotbed of horror. Uh, Now, this is a haunted pool. I think that Bloom House (laughs) is reaching. They are reaching with this one. But it's James Wan, right? Yeah, yeah, it's James Wan. Well, yeah, he's producer on this, right? He produced it. Yeah, he's not the director. He's not the director. But again, Bloom House knows how to market these films. And Universal, they they do a really good job of, of, of over- performing on this specific weekend and horror honestly has owned this weekend honestly for a long time and films that you wouldn't think would open and then 20 30 millions do on this weekend for for really no reason and they're not great films although you know i i would say uh megan you know was a great film for what it was you know what i mean mm-hmm. so just a year ago we had we had megan uh night swim not going to come anywhere close to that but for whatever Bloomhouse does, you know, a mid-teens, if that opened in the mid-teens, that would be that would be pretty big, I would say. Yeah, I mean, it, it really does. It's going to come down to when, when the marketing really kicks in, are people interested in a haunted pool? Because that is what this, you said it. This movie yeah. is about what if you went in a pool and the pool was haunted? Not a yeah. house, not, a you pool. know, uh, it, it, it's it's a haunted pool movie. If it's like the best scene from Poltergeist, right? We all know that Poltergeist scene and those those skulls and the skeletons pop up. If it's anything close to that and they can keep that level of excitement up, then I'm I'm totally there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I I I wonder if the premise catches on both as you know, movies never really hit because people say, "Oh, that sounds so wacky." you know, and make fun mm-hmm. of it. It's, it's really, in a plane. Yeah. Yeah. That's never well, hit. I've had, this is my fear. And I don't know if you guys have this fear, but if I'm alone in the pool, I do fear a chlorine shark. That's slightly invisible. Like I've always okay. feared chlorine sharks. If they can bring a chlorine shark into this and it attacks someone and yeah, that I'm in, you know what I yeah. mean? I, I am in. I, yeah. I agree. I think pool swimming in pools is a slept on fear. Because everybody mm-hmm. always talks about the ocean when it comes to Jaws and sharks and the unknown. But dark pools is a fear that I've had many a person intimate to me yeah. that that is yeah. one of their fears. Especially if you're alone in that pool and at night. That is like I don't go to pools at night. Does anybody? Because it's scary. That's why. So maybe are, they are onto something. Are we talking ourselves into night swim being able to open at 20 plus million is there any possibility that this movie just because it's horror it's teens you know the trailer does show a teen with her eyes closed in a pool it's it's a pretty good effective scene you know her boyfriend jumps out of the pool and and she thinks he's still there could just the genre itself and the lack of anything else like it just get this movie to be 20 million uh, 20 millions high. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. I think t- mid teens to high teens would be great. If it could do 17 million, that would be a great number for this, you know, low budget. What does it cost? Probably 10 million at the most There's no right, stars right. in this. It, it's, it's oh. they shot it at a pool, you know, in Chatsworth, you know, I mean, uh, maybe it, maybe it was shot in Bel Air. I don't, I, I don't know, but still that's pretty cheap. If it's Blumhouse, it's five. 
I mean, yeah, most likely yeah, it's, it's five. five. Like, and not like I know James Wan produces it, so maybe it is higher because it's James Wan yeah. producing. But yeah, it can't be. I mean, if this thing makes forty in the theaters, it's a smash hit. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, I mean, is there anything? Is there even when you guys look at that January schedule? Then outside of Night Swim and Mean Girls and, and Beekeeper, I mean, there's this Book of Clarence, um, which it, it, I think it's a faith based film. Yeah. Right? Um, I mean, and those are hard. That also comes out uh, January 12th. So those are really hard to key into. Maybe the faith-based audiences show up. Maybe the entire state of Utah, you know, makes this their number one choice. And it just goes to, you know, and it opens in the low single uh, double digits, which which would be good for the Book of Clarence. But again, it's so hard to peg that. Uh, and outside of that, like you have nothing like January 19th. There's really nothing there. There's like origin and ISS. And, you know, Neon and when Neon and Bleecker Street are putting out the wide releases, you know, you're in trouble at the box office. You know, it's a disaster. That feels COVID-esque. I mean, this feels like a COVID month. Um, I think the church bus crowds are going to be saving their tithings for gas for their bus for February. Uh, And we'll get to that when we get get to that. Well, listen, here's something that's coming out. In, in January that we haven't touched on. Disney made this announcement the other day and, and you want to feel like it's 2020. Here you go. They're taking some of their <laughs> pandemic era. And I guess pandemic era is now uh, the, a generation of Disney films, much like the, uh, uh, you know, the revival era of little mermaid and Aladdin, their pandemic era movies. So soul is coming out in a full theatrical re-release on January 12th. It's interesting. You know, it's a, it's a Disney cartoon that never was out in theater. So they're doing it. Um, Clayton, let's start with you. What do you think of this? Do you think there's any chance that these Disney pandemic movies that never got real theatrical releases do any business in theaters? I can't tell you what kids like more than dead jazz musicians. Mm. <laughs> You've been beating this drum for three years. It's Wait. number one. I mean, listen, Yeah. finally, we will get to see these movies fail theatrically because then I will be edified because people are like still up my ass about Elemental. People are still riding the Pixar train. Sure. Re-release these movies that have been available for free for years on a service. You plop your kids down in front of just to stare at, right? Try to get up the gusto to get your kids packed up the diapers, the snacks, the get them all in the van, drive them down to your theater. And listen, we we're coastal elite. So we're able to go to a theater that's very close to us. There are some families who it is a day. It is a full day for them to get to a theater and back. That is their day. That is it. They're going to pack them up for something that they could just watch again on TV. No, I'm sorry. No. Um, Jeff, any rebuttal to what Clayton said there when it comes to these Disney re-releases of the pandemic era? Do you, do you think there's any business to be had here? Wow. I think, I think this strategy of Disney re-releasing films has just frozen Jeff Bach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is he is frozen solid 
on our uh, on our live streaming right now, and uh, we hope that he is able to get back here. Um, but you know, usually when people get frozen, it's frozen in like a really awkward stance. But he looks so powerful right oh, now. Oh, if you, I, if I you're feel watch- like this is yeah. Yeah, this silence is the most powerful argument against my argument. He, I don't even think he has to say anything. Yeah, if if you were watching us on YouTube and Jeff dropped off, and I and I, I'm hoping he's going to pop on here. He was yeah. statuesque in the way that his internet froze him. That is, I mean, that that's a, that's the dirt. new Twitter. That's his new Twitter shot. His new Twitter pick mm-hmm. should be that. Yeah. Um. So Clayton, I, I'll I'll say this. I think that go ahead, defend Pixar. Go ahead, Pat, no, no. I think that, and there he is. There's the man. Um, we were talking the the Disney re-releases of these Pixar films from the pandemic era. I'll throw this out there. Clayton is obviously very against these films or the or their chance for success. I'd agree with that on Soul. I think Soul is is not gonna do much business in January. I do think there's something to turning red coming out in february being able to do some business i i feel like that was the one everyone back in 2022 right that was or maybe early 21 or the spring 2021 everyone sort of was like this should have went in theaters this should have went in theaters they did it still as a d plus release i think there's some business that movie could do again especially in the doldrums of the winter but what do you think jeff is there anything that these disney pixar re-releases could do I think, in a major I, way. I think um, in terms of if we look at all three of them, yes, nobody really. I mean, the soul, the soul thing that Clayton said is very true. It's that is a tough sell to kids. Yeah. Uh, Turning red, interesting film. But my daughter, who, like I said, is a teenager, and she was at that time, you know, Turning Red was 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 very uh, was a very big part of of what she was going through personally, and she did not like this film. <laughs> You know, okay. not, and her friends did not like this film. And I don't know if huh. it was just, it was, it was almost like, you know, it was, it was not old enough for the teens that it's about. And maybe the younger kids um, who didn't understand what it turning red meant, you know, maybe they were okay mm-hmm. with just that, that giant red Panda going around and turning bigger and, and stuff like that. And so I think it, it, it's weird because it was trying to aim for older teens, but really hit, I thought, preschool and and younger kids who didn't understand what it was really about. And, and so in that way, I feel like the film itself just kind of missed all three of those films are just, are not picks. They're, they're more good dinosaur than inside out or cars. You know, they just don't appeal to wide audiences. I know it's weird that they all three happened back to back to back and they happened in the pandemic. I just never thought that those three films, when even, even though I did, I, you know, I think like everybody else, I usually experience, every Pixar film on the big screen, you know, and, and, and everyone is usually a slam doink, right? Like that's what mm-hmm. it is. It, but mm-hmm. these films like Lightyear, they, they just didn't have that magic that Pixar usually has. Um, and, and I felt Elemental was more of a Pixar film and not because it was released in theaters, but because of the content, because it was closer in, in, in relation to other Pixar films in terms of quality. And these three Are- films, Despite, listen, the reason Disney is doing this because they don't have shit on the release Mm -hmm. calendar for six months after which was released, which is bombing. Um, They don't have another film until Inside Out 2, Disney Studios proper. Now they have 20th Century and they have a a, a, a 
Planet of the Apes film coming out on Memorial Day. But Disney proper, Disney releasing, Walt Disney Studios has no film between now and wow. Inside Out 2 in June. And that is, uh, that, this is a horrible thing for the entire business, for theaters. Right. I, I don't care what you think about Disney and if you think they're too woke. And I don't, I really don't give a shit what you think about them personally, but as a company and who they are in terms of, 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 of the hierarchy of studios, they're on the top still guys. They right. are on the top because most people still like their content. It may not be as well liked as it was three, four, five years ago, but it is still the top of the heap. And so when you take the big cat out of there for six months, what do you think that does to theaters? This is hurts yeah. everybody not right. having. And, and so I get why Disney's releasing these films, but it ain't going to matter at the box office. Yeah. Nobody is going, this is more like an art house audience that really cares about seeing these films because they miss them on the big screen. To me, this is like, yeah, art house people will go see these films, but kids and their families. No, that's just not going to happen. All right, throwing this one out here, coming out in February. I mean, to me, this is the only other thing that potentially could be a quote-unquote big hit, though I think we're all going to agree it probably won't be. Madam Web, you know, this is a Sony Spider, Spidey-verse movie, right? It's the the, the Sony's uh, Spider-Man rogues gallery movies and the tradition of Morbius and Venom and and Craven the Hunter. So this movie comes out on, what is it? February 14th. And the trailers have been out. And, and I, I think this is another one of those trailers that has just become something that people are making fun of online. Mm -hmm. What is the quote, Clayton? The, I, I was in Africa the day that your mom was studying spiders and watched my father right before die. she died, something right. like that. Yeah. 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 I it, mean, the cute. kids out there will know they, they have it tattooed in their brains now if they <laughs> yes. are online. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't think we have to talk much about this. I mean, this thing's going to eat shit. Craven's going to eat shit. This, uh, these, these, this like vein of, sort of like grim, almost 90s-esque superhero movies. I mean, you'd think I would like something like this um, as a throwback, but they just look terrible. And this one especially seems overly complicated. Uh, I really, and, Deco and, and you know, Dakota Johnson has no real appeal. Uh, so I do think this is going to be a huge failure. Wait, are you saying she has no appeal with her shirt on or off or both? I, I would say, I'll be honest, both. I, I feel like <laughs> yes. she is that bland that yeah. th there is no appeal there. Yeah. Wow. So not a babe of the week for, for this week's episode of the BO. Would not make my babe of the week. Oh, I mean, what do you think, Jeff? I, I do also agree. I think we're looking at a, you know, movie that is flash the Marvels in Morbius. I think this thing is just, is also just going to be a huge. Yeah. And, and, and look, it, it, and it's supposed to be the appeal for that female audience, which we've been talking about. Hey, Barbie, uh, Megan, uh, Taylor Swift, you know, um, all of these films have really hit with female audiences. And so it, it remains to be seen outside of wonder woman, um, you know, and the first captain Marvel. And we all know why that one was a success. Um, uh, it remains to be seen if if these superhero films that really have the female leads can actually appeal to large audiences, to the multiplex masses. Like, listen, Morbius opened at 39 million and that was a disaster, right? 
you guys, this is going to be like this. is We're talking about maybe 20 million. And that is that's that's, you know, that's pretty bad. Right. If 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 this film isn't able to even get close to where Morbius is and it does have the spider threads. Right. And that is that is the bread and butter of Sony and, and the, the whole spider Marvel universe at Sony is about Spider-Man. Now, if you tell me that Spider-Man or Venom makes an appearance in this film, we can talk, we can re-talk about the numbers because I think that does make a big difference. If they can actually connect the tissue with those two characters and, and they show up maybe in the last third of this film for the entire last third of this film, then it's something else. And maybe they're hiding that from us. I hope they are. I hope they have an ace up their sleeve because that's what they're going to need to make this film a success. They would have pulled out Tom Holland if they had him. Yeah. After the uh, goofing Tom Hardy. on Tom this. Hardy. Uh, Tom Hardy. No, well, I'm, no, I'm talking about Spider-Man. One. Yeah. Either oh, you're one. talking about Spider-Man. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. 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 No, either they Tom. Would, if, yeah. Either Tom. If they had either Tom, they would have pulled this out after the drubbing this <laughs> has gotten. Because there's no reason to hide it at this point. You have to create buzz for this movie. Yeah, and um, that would have been that would have been that that would have been the killer tag at the end is one of the Tom showing up. Yes, yes, yes. He, here's a prediction I'm going to make. I'm going to throw. I'm going to get nuts because we're getting near the end oh. of this winter preview. Yeah, there is a movie opening the week before Madam Web. It's a movie called It Ends with Us. It's based yeah, on I, a yes. novel by Colleen Hoover. I a think huge this novel. huge novel. I mean, Colleen Hoover is one of the biggest things in book publishing over the last few years, specifically driven by young audiences, TikTok, book talk. They love her. It stars Blake Lively. It's a romantic drama, which I do think has right now more appeal yes. than romantic comedies. I think the second weekend of the Colleen Hoover's it ends with us. will finish ahead of the opening weekend of Madam web. That is my let's get Ooh. nuts winter preview Ooh. prediction. What do you guys think of the potential for oh. this Colleen Hoover adaptation? And I am February? so high on this, Pat. I was going to say this. I was wondering Dang. when you were going to mention this. Yeah. I am so high on this because, again, huge author, yep. huge book. It's the book. Uh, it's her big, big book, the one everyone. This is the one. This is the firm in, I mean, in this, terms of her catalog. This could be a crawdads situation with the added bonus of Blake Lively, who, you know, she has fallen on a a little hard times here, you know, rhythm section sort of ate shit in 2020, but she hasn't done anything since then. She had that run of when she was in her element of age of Adeline 42, uh, the shallows 55. She, She was one of those sneaky, like stars at a certain level. And I think that she's somebody who could really break out in this and has a name that could attach themselves to this. That would make even more people see this, not just the book readers. And I, I'm so, so high on this movie. Yeah. You put someone, you put someone's name. Like, honestly, I hadn't heard of this woman, but when I saw that there was a name, and she owns it ends with us. I had to look her up, right? It's the same way we haven't had that since Tyler Perry 
came out with yeah. his films, right? It's Tyler Perry's whatever it is. It's his. Yeah. And you know it's his. And that's how yeah. I knew. I was like, wait a minute. She must be a big deal. They wouldn't put her name in front of it if it wasn't. So, yeah, you're right. You guys, this is the play to get the women in. This is the next Crawdads. Uh, this thing, you're right. It could, because of the lack of competition, we could be talking about a film that maybe even gets to 100 million. And then yeah. she has a, she has obviously a huge amount of books that that are probably being snatched up as we speak, and they will make all of those like they did, like you said, with the firm and and all of those films that came after that. Yeah, I think this is I think this is the biggest movie of February, the biggest mm -hmm. release of February. It also is coming out February 9th, so it's Valentine's Day week. You know, it's I think it's gonna get two weekends straight of being the sort of valentine's I will, movie i will say though i will say that it doesn't win weekend number two bob marley one love okay they think listen listen we remember what happened with nwa mm -hmm. and and how popular that film became there this generation i mean all generate you could talk about boomer you could talk about x you could talk about any generation you want everybody knows who bob marley is and a lot of yeah. people don't really know his story we've never really seen a big screen treatment of his story and, you know, talk about unifying the world and, and such a positive message and where he came from guys, this thing, I think, and it's, it releases on Valentine's day, exactly on Valentine's day. I think this has a potential to compete with that for the number one movie of February. Yeah. Um, and, and these, these movies tend to play pretty well, especially in the opening weekend, you know, the famous are obviously we had the Aretha Franklin movie didn't do big business, no, but, didn't. but, you know, even something like, Get on up. It made 13 million the first weekend, right? And it, it made 30. Uh, that's not a great example, but yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. I don't think this is going to be, uh, 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 this is not going to be the NWA movie. You know, it's not going to be Bohemian Rhapsody, but I do think it's bigger than Whitney Houston and Aretha Franklin movies. I, and it looks good. I, I just, I think it looks good. And it, it, like this story, his music. Uh, I mean, you can't ask for a better soundtrack, right? Like right. all of those songs are still played on almost every different kind of station around. And that's when we talk about like, how, how do these musical, how do these jukebox films have success? Well, they have a killer soundtrack and Bob Marley does m m way more so than like Whitney Houston was more a time. It was like her music fit in that time, but it didn't cross outside of those decades. Bob Marley has been crossing outside of every decade since we've, you know, since we've all been alive, you know, he just keeps going, moving on to the next generation going, Oh man, I love this guy's music. And I think if we think about what makes a strong box office performance, it is, it is that catalog of hits. And, and I know we no longer have record, well, CD collections like we used to, but if you looked at anybody in college, what CDs did they have? They had, yeah. mm -hmm. they had Dark Side of the Moon, and they had Bob Marley's Legend. Mm -hmm. Those were almost always yeah. slam doinks, no matter what. And I don't think that's changed. It's just become what are the Spotify albums that they stream the most. And so right, I right. do see, I do see some opportunity here. Can we? I know we've got, you know, Jeff, you have a heart out. So I do need to let's talk a little bit about Argyle. Yeah. Which I think is, isn't that the movie, Pat, you told me this, is that that is the movie supposedly Taylor Swift wrote? Is that so, yeah, true? Let's, let's, let's get your quick hit on a few things. So Argyle, the rumor is that Taylor Swift, I think, possibly wrote 
the fake book that is in the movie. <laughs> there are some rumors because there's like a cat in there that looks like Taylor Swift's cat. I think there is some numerology hints that say Taylor Swift is involved with this. So that's out there. I do think that has been debunked to some degree, but you know, there's some, some Argyle truthers. So quick hit Jeff on Argyle. It's a spy movie. Anything to this, it opens up on, what is that? February, February 2nd. 2nd. Yeah. I, again, I mean, there's so much going on in this film that is old Hollywood that, that it feels like this could have been made in the nineties or the two thousands. Right. And now we're releasing it in 2024. It just, it already feels outdated uh and, and the actors mm -hmm. i don't think are strong enough to pull in the same way when we talk about sandra bullock and shannon tating when they made their romantic comedy uh, people wanted to go see those two actors together you know and and i just don't see that with the cast that they assembled here uh, I, I think uh vaughn vaughn directed this right yeah matthew mm -hmm. vaughn directed yeah, matthew it, vaughn so directed this and yeah. he's a he's a very talented director and, and hyper kinetic editing and, and action scenes. But again, this is a weird pull to try to sell to audiences, especially when you have films, I think later in February that they really want to see. The only thing I think it has going for it is that it really doesn't open against anything. So maybe it does low to mid teens, you know, which again for February isn't horrible, but this looks like it cost a lot of money, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so do you want so my I know quick Jeff, hit, Pat? Let's do a quick hit for Jeff. Go for it. Give Jeff a quick hit. No, I'm just going to say on Argyle, my quick hit is we'll eat shit. Oh. <laughs> That's quick. That's as quick as it gets. The only, uh, the last thing I want to say about February guys is uh, Angel Studios is putting out The Chosen, right? And this is yeah. season Bus. four. Yeah. Gas it up, buddy. Gas, yeah, it, gas up. it up. You guys, they're doing episodes one and three on February 1st. And then, mm -hmm. and then I think they're doing it at the end of the month. Yeah, three and four three at the four. end of the month. Yeah, yeah, four, four through six, and then seven and eight. So they're taking all of February for their eight episodes, and this is going to be really interesting because again, we don't talk TV here, but this—that's what this is. This is TV, and they've already mm -hmm. had success with these chosen uh, releasing it. And, and, and if this is a big success, could we could we finally get like the Mandalorian just to do the exact? Same right. thing. Could Disney finally say, you know what? We don't have a lot of content this year. We are going to release Mandalorian the same way that he did with The Chosen. We're going to release all of those episodes in one month's time. And I guarantee it will bust the box office. If if Disney Plus takes one of those series and just says, you know what? We'll release it day and day. Theaters don't care anymore. They just don't give a shit where you release it and when you release it. So we're going to put it in theaters. I guarantee it would be massive and it's going to and it's going to change and maybe maybe that's what we need to connect streaming and theatrical so so it, as as much as we think this chosen thing is a throwaway i think people i think execs are going to watch this really closely because i think they're going to have a lot of success for what this is so jeff Angel, let me Angel get a is always looking for a scam and this could be yeah. another big scam for them they've they're absolutely throwing shit at the wall we're looking for a scam and this could be a helpful scam for all companies and theatrical Absolutely. Together. Absolutely. I think this is this is the game changer that Hollywood needs right now. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, concert films. Great. Great. Way to go, Taylor. You know, way to grow. Way to go, Beyonce. But that is just short lived micro trend. There's only a few number. There's only a few artists that can actually pull that off. Right. Uh, this series thing, because there are a lot stranger things. Are you kidding me? You know, how 
big Stranger Things would be for Netflix at the box office. Right. If they just released it every week in theaters and, you know, obviously didn't dump all the episodes at once on streaming. This, they, like, they have lightning in a bottle. And that's so rare in the entertainment industry to capture everybody's attention at once. Stranger Things does that. Mandalorian does that. There's a number of series that you could do this with enough to really boost that bottom line of the theatrical box office, which it desperately needs. There are some people that just, they want to go see those types of, those types of product in theaters and we need to start giving it to them. I, I don't understand why. And, and maybe it has to do with contractual things, you know, like, Oh, well, we didn't, we didn't contract them for theatrical. So how do we share that revenue? Figure it out. That's mm -hmm. what lawyers are for. Figure it out. Hollywood desperately needs this to work. Wow, what a way for Jeff to end his appearance here on the big winter preview episode. What a passionate That's my wish. moment. Yeah. That is my wish for So Holly. Jeff, Jeff, where can listeners find more of your work online in real life anywhere? Where should where should the wannabe oh boys, wannabe oh girls, wannabe oh people follow? People. Twitter. It's Twitter X. You know, it's the only place that I really exist. You know, I've tried to go other places. It just doesn't appeal to me. It's too much work to go to all these other places. You know, YouTube, no. You know, Instagram, no. You have to go to Twitter X. It's the only place you can find me. I do a box office on Sunday mornings usually. I just talk about, you know, what you guys do, but not quite as long. You know, there's only right. one of me. I can only talk so long at one time yeah. by myself. 15 minutes, tops, and I'm yeah. out. You know, that's all Love I can it. do. Yeah, Love so it. check that out. So everyone follow Exhibitor Relations Co. Follow Jeff Bach on Twitter X. Just wanted to pass this along, Jeff. I know you got to go. So before you drop off, our outstanding senior uh, wannabe O intern, Christopher, just wanted to pass along. He's a huge fan of your work. Yeah. So he wanted me to deliver that directly to you. Wannabe O senior intern, Christopher, passing Christopher. along. Yeah. He obviously has amazing taste that I can't say enough about Christopher. I just heard about him for the first time, but obviously he's a stunning individual, obviously. Wow. You just made this, this young man's year. So, <laughs> and you made our year and you made our winter preview. So thank you, Jeff. Of course, everyone just follow us, uh, uh, email us the BO boys podcast at gmail.com, all the usual places, social media at the BO boys pod. Clay you guys pull up on TikTok. You guys are on my TikTok sometimes. You guys just yep. pop up and I love it. Mm -hmm. It's just a little snippet of you guys talking about something. And I, even if I've already heard it, I watch the whole thing because I'm like, oh, I love this. This is the short form content that I've been wanting from the BO boys, you know? Well, and that's well you know who that is Christopher. That's Christopher. Yep. He well, makes Christopher, those videos. Again, I knew it. It, it had to be Christopher because it was like, it's just like a little snack. Like uh, when I'm when I'm going to bed, I want a little BO snack and it's right there. And I'm like, oh, I just got it. And now I can go to bed and I'll have these great dreams. So thank you guys for, for going to that TikTok universe, that place. I just haven't dared to go to. I appreciate you guys pa paving the way. All right. And Clayton, I don't think there's anything left to say. I don't uh, know, uh, except for. And let's do it right. Until next Until time. Until next time, we'll, we'll smell, smell you, you at the box, box office. office. Bam. Nailed it.